That's good whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. I'm No Name Noah. This is 90s Josh. The only voice of the hipster. Truck stop Aaron. How's it doing? And Tin Hat Tinny. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Round two. Uh, it's been a great week. Uh, <laughs> I had a quarter pounder today, which I haven't had since I was probably 12, and it doesn't feel good right now. You know what? I... I, when I usually do McDonald's, I do uh, two. I usually get uh, two uh, McDoubles and two Junior Chickens. And one time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. Let's get uh, two quarter pounders. I haven't had a quarter pounder in forever. I was like, this is not worth it. Fucking regret. No. Yeah, it's I not. It doesn't <clears throat> taste very good. No. no, it's like just a little bit of an amped up version of the McDouble. So you might as well just stick with the McDouble. Remember the big and tasty. Yes. Oh, that thing was amazing. It did what it said it was going to do. It was yeah. big and it was tasty. <laughs> yeah. What was on a big and tasty to separate it from a Big Mac? Mayonnaise. Lots Ooh, of mayonnaise. Nice. That's actually one of the ways that I'll rate a movie that critics hate is does it do what it says it's going to do? Yeah, that's true. So let's say the Transformers movies. They're not very good. They're not critically acclaimed. Nobody really loved them, but they had Transformers in them. So yep. in my mind, it did what it said it was going to do. <laughs> and everybody's 13-year-old inner boy was like, this is the most amazing thing that I ever hoped for when I was playing with a plastic toy back in 1992. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, remember, or it's important to keep that in mind that when you're watching a movie, don't take it too seriously if it's not taking itself too seriously. Yeah. If I mean, Michael Bay said that. He goes, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. I make movies for 13 year old boys so he only he only says that when a movie fails but he's still a millionaire i know but it's a bit like always fail have you ever heard that's not not really true at all though that's true the rock was his movies don't fail he just doesn't make it to the sag or or the oscars like i think have you ever heard of a schrodinger's douchebag no somebody who says something really controversial and then decides when whether they were joking or not depending on the reaction yeah they they justify it as a joke later yeah um i want to go back to michael bay and connect it in with our opening topic which is the mcdonald's quarter pounder uh michael bay is the mcdonald's of movies or the nickelback yeah no 100 percent. i would go with the nickelback everyone says that they hate it and yet a fucking billion served, bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely still live, listen to Nickelback on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says they hate it. And yet money doesn't lie. Yeah, so right now on the on the Fox, they're pushing the um, the seeds where they have this competition for bands to get a recording album or recording deal. And the initial band on their promo is Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah. That's because that's where they came from, man. Yep. They won that competition and just kept on going. Yeah, so I remember watching Nickelback were... as a bar band here in Chilliwack. Like my buddy's band opened for them, and we were underage, and we couldn't like visit them in the back room of the bar. We come in for my buddy's set, and we're like, "Who are you opening for?" They're like, "Oh, Nickelback." And we're like, "Oh, that's cool." This is before How You Remind Me came out, and we're like, "Can we go meet them?" And they're like, "No, you're underage. You have to leave now. Their set's over." 
Huh. Their their first album, at least to me, I remember when it came out, I really liked it. It was like Nirvana, but way faster. It yeah. was it was it was rock. It was a bit grunge, but it was yeah. a lot faster. And um, I don't know. Anyways, I don't. Know. Why do people hate Nickelback? For the same reason they say they hate Michael Bay and McDonald's. They don't want to be honest with themselves and their friends. Communism. It's like fucking sure. scooters, man. You give a man a scooter, he's going to have a smile the entire time he rides that scooter. <laughs> but he's not going to want to talk about it because it looks funny. I think this is... I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I think this is an unfair comparison because Nickelback makes entertaining mu- music and most of Michael Bay's movies are train wrecks. But they're, they are entertaining. They have explosions. I love every Transformers movie that came Trainwrecks out. Trainwrecks are entertaining. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> have you ever watched Cops? <laughs> That's true. I mean, Cops is the longest running show sometimes oh, on TV. Oh, canceled. And, well, yeah, it did. But that was like Trainwreck every Friday night. You'd watch some housewife like, don't take him, I love him! <laughs> That's true. Trainwrecks. They sell. They yeah, do. They yeah. really do. Um, all right. We're going to talk about something controversial here, and that is the state of Delaware. I've been there. Which I don't, I don't believe you. Really? This is yeah, fucking mind-blowing here. It doesn't exist. I no, no. no. We've, we've been asking people to email us Delaware's from Delaware, not real. Or Delaware, from Delaware pictures. Or at least send us a picture of you in front of the Welcome to Delaware sign. And we have not received a single solitary email. Here's the thing. We spent the entire last episode where Tin Hat Timmy told us about conspiracies. So how do we know that this isn't just a conspiracy that he, him, the American government, have concocted to trick us into thinking that Delaware exists? They're and probably fucking hiding secrets If there. someone sends us a picture of a Welcome to Delaware sign, how do we know it's not photoshopped in the basement of some CIA building? Agreed. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit that I know about Delaware. There's you a couple- Google Delaware? I I Wikipedia it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, it's conspiracy. Okay, so I can't remember which state has their license plate that says "Live Free or Die." I pretty Vermont. It's no. die oh, hard. No, it's New state. Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, it's live New free Hampshire. or die. Yeah, which is really weird. It's but, great. It's yeah. intense. That's a very it intense. intense. It's, it's a strong line. Yeah. It's a strong hard. opinion for a license plate to take. So the one thing you have to understand is every state that connects to Washington D.C. doesn't necessarily have an identity and i and i'll caveat that with there's a lot of people that live in virginia and work in dc there's a lot of people that live in maryland and work in dc because dc doesn't have housing unless you're the fucking president or the vice president or somebody that like literally has to walk really close or an embassy like dc is really just offices and then a few homes like town row homes like dc if you've ever been there it's not like oh let's go to the suburbs of dc that doesn't exist right so most of these people commute in from virginia maryland daryl delaware pennsylvania like all these different areas except for delaware those are all cia delaware exists i got drunk in a bar there (laughs) with on accident with other cia agents no i'm not cia (laughs) let's just clarify i gotta give a slight clarification i have never been nor will i ever will be cia but that's exactly what someone in the cia would say damn it (laughs) so here's the thing this is my new theory delaware is something the cia made up so that you won't find out where they live 
Their Every, headquarters is in Virginia. It's Langley, all car- Virginia, of all places. It's but all cardboard Langley. cutouts. They're, t- they're telling you that it's in that you know they're like, oh, I'm going home to Delaware. Yeah, sure you are. That could be anywhere. That's fucking like Area Fifty One. But there's that's so much. Code, that's code word for fuck you. I'm not going to tell you where I actually live. Washington crossed the Delaware on Christmas. Like, I don't know what that means. No, he literally I'm got Canadian. in a boat on Christmas Day and sailed across. Is that where? Uh, King Wenceslas that, comes from. That no. sounds like the most uneventful <laughs> sailing trip. No, that's they, ever it was taking actually. Place. What's funny is, so most Americans see this picture of like George Washington in a boat like this on Christmas Day sailing across the Delaware. They were in retreat. Like it was not like they were not in a good place. They were running for their lives. No, so they were who? attacking, but they were on the losing end of the entire war. So everybody thinks like we were conquering the you know what are Delaware. The two, what are the two sides <laughs> of the war? It was King George in England and the revolutionaries. But everybody thinks like, you know, Washington was like, oh, we're going to totally beat them down. He's like, yeah, this is our last ditch effort. We're going to cross the Delaware on Christmas Day because no one fights on Christmas because it's the Christian holiday because they were all Christian nations. Right. And there were certain rules in place. So they, they crossed Washington crossing the Delaware is one of the most famous portraits in American history. It's where he's standing there with his hand in his chest like this. All proud, but it was more like, oh fuck! I hope which this is works. how most people stand in boats. Yes, I always stand in boats like uh, that. with one hand on your on boats. your heart. How close <laughs> in, period, in the time period is that to the Canadians burning down the White House? Uh, Canadians we did, burning we down the White House. We didn't really do that anyway. The British, the British, the British, yeah, yeah. See, see, that's the funny thing is Canadians like to say they burned down the White House, but I they weren't Canadians until 1964. But people from Canada. That left where Canada so non-Americans is now in North America. Burned down the yeah. White House. Yeah, they it's just fu- it's just sometimes fun to piss off Americans. It doesn't really piss them off though. No, that's because they buried in their history so much. I bet. Well, what's funny? So my kids are dual citizens. They right? probably hide the records in Delaware. No, so we watch. <laughs> so I've been since this whole COVID thing. I've been homeschooling my kids, right? And I teach the history classes. So we got to. I've been teaching my kids history. And we we do shout out to Homeschool Pop on YouTube. Uh, we've been watching their videos, and they talked about how the White House got its name. And I was able to talk about how the British Canadian forces burned down the White House, and then they whitewashed it, and that's how it's got got its name, the White House. So you know, like we did, th- we did them a solid. We painted the White House the first time. What you're telling me is the we, Americans we were too lazy to paint, to paint their to paint house, it. so they just we painted it, it for them. No, the Canadians no, did. They just burned it. it. Oh, we burnt it. But that's also where the anthem came out of. So we essentially inspired the first large renovation. You essentially <laughs> inspired the anthem and the renovation of the White House. That's pretty good. I like the American But that's why anthem. I've always called it Canada America's top hat. Because they act like Americans, and they want American things, and they vacation in America. But they don't really want to be called that. Yeah, that's true. I like... Uh, I, I like that the American national anthem is action packed. Oh God! It's, it's yeah. It's a it's a oh. real solid uh, theme song for your nation, and it's got a lot of a lot of good action scenes in it. I don't it really know. Does. I don't know any other anthems that have some good like action Soviet, battle. Soviet anthem is amazing. Rocky, come on, man, Rocky! I'm gonna die bomb this giant can. By the way, <laughs> I think the only time I've ever heard the Soviet national anthem was in the. 72 summit series documentary dude you want an inspiring anthem that makes you want to like stand up and clap listen to the soviet anthem it was real like 
for all the failures of the Soviet Union, I got to say, whoever wrote the Soviet anthem did a good job. And to this day, it is the anthem of Russia. It's just the third verse. And was probably murdered right after for being a writer. <laughs> I want to... Uh... <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you could hear the fucking pounding that the wall just <laughs> took from the size of that can to our this to our listeners. Yeah, that that can that, was the size of my head. That can was the Which biggest head? beer can I've ever seen. It was a that was a big beer can. It was, it was a big it fucking was can. Minimum six inch six inch beard length can. So oh, like yeah. you mean you had to have a six inch? Yes, beard you have to, to have a six inch to beer buy, to order to it. purchase it. Yeah. yeah that was what was really can. funny about that is. So they make, they, it's called a crowler, and they put the beer in the can, they put the lid on. I was like, I would like this beer in the crowler. They're like, I'm sorry, we don't do that one. Okay, I'd like this beer in that one. I'm sorry, we don't do that one. <sighs> Last time I checked, we're in a free country. I would like this beer in this can. Oh, you have to pick from these. Slightly disappointing. <laughs> I do find Canada to be, in some aspects, less free than the States. We are rule lovers up here. Which has some pros and has some cons. I think the pros is the healthcare. The cons is every fucking time you try to do anything in life, you need a permit and it's fucking expensive. And it's just hard to get shit done up here. Yeah. Like starting a business or slaughter red tape, which is kind of annoying. Um, Start a brothel. All those sorts of things. (laughs) There you go. Not that I'm starting one. I've never looked into it. Well, we're not in Montreal, so... Fucking yeah, whatever. We did just talk about Soviets. That's true. I mean, Family Guy had a great episode on that. True. So we never talked about this, but normally with guests, we talk. What are what are some movies that kind of influenced you and that you love? Well, I have a big military background, so I think the the seminal one for me would be Top Gun. I watched that at a very young age, and I thought Tom Cruise has got to be the highest level Phaeton I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you just that volleyball scene guy yeah hey oh uh, you know what top gun is one of those movies where it just sticks with you and like there's nothing cooler than seeing some dude salute from a cockpit of an f-16 i think it was f-16 were they yeah, f-4s they were F- no they were 16s yeah they, F-16s. Were, they were f-4s at top gun right they had the anyways you know, just seeing that and then them shooting off the deck of an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific and getting into a dogfight and flipping the middle finger while inverted <laughs> to the Soviet pilot. Like, there's nothing that wants to give you more of a man boner. Oh, especially when he's arguing with, with the instructor in yeah, the classroom. Yeah, I was inverted. And he's taking the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I watched Top Gun recently with Anna, maybe a week or two ago. Ooh. First time she'd ever seen it. Really? And I'm going to I'm going to just I know this is your top movies but I got to jump in here. Best two date movies of all time. Top Gun number 1. It yeah. has everything. It's perfect. For, you know, the women it's got the it's got the volleyball scene. It's got fuck you just keep bringing up this volleyball well, scene. Well, no, they, it, everyone brings up the volleyball scene. You have to. It's you the most they never have sand on them, but they dive in the sand. Exactly. They're greased. And they're still wearing jeans. That's true. There's that <laughs> awkward scene where the, where Iceman's buddy just flexes for no reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That one? Like like in the middle of a volleyball game. Yeah. Uh and then it's got like the the sex scenes, like the ladies dig that, everybody likes that. Goose and, dies and, and everybody cries. Everyone cries. It's got the family stuff and then it's got the fucking airplanes. Like holy <laughs> shit. And the soundtrack, which is absolutely killer. Oh, the, oh Kenny and, Loggins? Best line out of the movie. You're gonna be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. That's my best line out of that movie. <laughs> rubber dog yeah, shit. Yeah, it's good. Um, I love the flyby by the tower and he bombs out the tower. Burn the tower. Yeah. <laughs> Our movie number two. Oh, hold oh. on. Yeah, yeah, movie number two for Noah first. Also from the 80s, Princess... Uh, uh, Bride? Prin- yeah. Princess yeah. Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Because it's it's comedy that has action. Yeah. Yep. Uh, romance. It's got romance. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It's fun. You get into the characters. Like, you definitely want Inigo Montoya to avenge his father the whole yeah. time. You're like, yes, I need you to avenge your father, Inigo Montoya. The grandpa got, telling the story. And uh, just, yeah, it's just, Columbo just, talking to Fred Savage. Yeah, exactly. Talking Columbo and Wonder Years. It's the best. Now, would you consider Robin Hood Men in Tights a parallel to that movie? It's better in every way. No, because oh. Princess Bride is, isn't a parody as much as it's a fantasy comedy, whereas so Robin Hood Men in Tights is, is a straight up parody. Yeah, it's a straight up parody. Yeah. But I love, I love Robin Hood Men in Tights and Spaceballs and all that, but they're not... I guess just staying on that theme of date movies, Like I wouldn't necessarily say those are rock-solid date movies. They're great movies. I love them. They're I hilarious. I think Robin Hood Men in Tights is a pretty yep. damn good date movie. It's got the romance too, now that you bring it up. Top Gun's one of those date movies where it's military. Like, if you want to feel cool and feel like a badass, like, you can take them to Top Gun and be like, yeah, I'm like that, baby. It's cool. <laughs> I'm totally Maverick. I'm not Goose. <laughs> I'm definitely not Iceman. Yeah. You know? And, but like most military movies, you kind of, <clears throat> you have to kind of be. Like, there's a level of disconnect, right? Yeah. And so, like, I would say one of my top military movies is Tears of the Sun. You don't take a date on Tears of the Sun because it is just nothing but death. And, like, there's a little bit of a love thing between Bruce Willis and, like, the missionary lady. And it's just, it's not good. Everybody gets shot. Everybody dies. It's a depressing movie. It's a depressing movie. Mm -hmm. Most military movies, I would say, on the whole, are depressing movies, except for Top Gun. Top Gun, you have this, the teacher is sleeping with a student, and it's scandalous, and they play volleyball, and he's the number one, but he's got this bad streak, because his dad was, like, it's all the things that you want to see in, like, a soap <laughs> opera in a military movie, and it's Tom Cruise, and it's probably his, still, his best movie, and, by the way, I watched Top Gun 2 trailer the other day, definitely got a man boner. <laughs> so, okay, it's like it. watching I- Lady Liberty give <laughs> Captain America a handjob, and loving every second of yep. it. And everybody watches and they're like clapping. Yeah. So back on the conspiracy wagon, I totally forgot that their conspiracy is in that because he's not allowed to know what his dad did uh, and thinks his dad died a traitor, but he actually died a hero. And there's that that little side story that just puts the depth into why he's a badass and a rebel. Like they just do a good job giving you who those guys are and why they are who they are. And I, and it builds this motif. Like I saw it a lot when I was in the military. Like these guys that have a history. I remember I w- I worked with a general's kid, and like he had this. Do you know who your dad is? He's like, yeah, but I'm my own man, and you know I'm gonna blaze my own trail. Like there's this 
people like that. They they don't like being pigeonholed in. Do you know who your dad is or your mom or whoever? You know, it's like when we talked uh, your British friend or whatever. America, North America is not an old money place, you know, no. like as far as respect goes. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That conversation was extremely interesting because uh, our buddy from England was essentially explaining to us how the different value systems between North America and England, where in England you could be a footballer and you could be a billionaire. You could be David Beckham uh, and people just say, oh, he's new money. Yeah. Not, not a big deal. He's just a hair above a commoner. Yeah, he didn't come from money. He made his money, and that's not... And that's not respected. It's not respected as much as if you came from money. Whereas here, if some kid shows up and his dad and his grandpa was rich and he's got a nice car, we're all like, fuck you, you're a pussy. You didn't do anything in your life. We have no respect for that. We we respect the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, uh, the guys that grounded out, made it from scratch, um, and you know killed it. And those are the guys that we admire in this country. So we have a very different outlook. We love the self-made man. Yeah. So like, does that come from, because they still slightly view the monarch as being a thing still, they still have a queen and it still is like, you have to come up from your family to be of note. I, I also think it comes from the culture of, if you look at immigrants to North America from two, 300 years ago, this is, the fourth son or the fifth son, the guy that's not going to inherit a damn thing. Maybe it comes with a little bit of money, shows up and starts his own empire, his own business. It was all about opportunity in the new world. So the people, the people that came here came to grind it out. Yeah. Like like blood, sweat and tears. So you're, you're, you didn't have a lot of rich established, um, you know, people coming saying, well, I'm the first son of a, of a nobleman. I'm going to move to New York or Boston or Toronto. Um, you're talking about like the, this fifth son or the nephew, the guy who's not getting anything. The whole, there there was no dukedoms or, or fiefdoms in the new world. They didn't give those away. Like that was the interesting thing about how they came over here. They didn't say you're the Duke of Toronto or whatever. Whereas in England, like, I watched a documentary on Netflix how they're when a, the regent in England is is coronated, right? So whether it's Queen Elizabeth or whoever, there's all these earls and everybody around her. One of the dudes lives in like a thousand square foot flat in London. He's a insurance salesman, but because of who his dad was, he still has the robes. He's got to stand there at the coronation. The dude's poor, like he has no money, but because of his hereditary, you know. He he might stand at the coronation of the new king right next to some guys that are millionaires. Like it's really interesting between that old money and new money. There's the high lords and the low lords. And the interesting thing about the new world is a lot of guys saw an opportunity to break free of that system, which led to their subversiveness or patriotism, if you will. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that, that attitude that we have is is from that. And I, I prefer it. I think who the fuck gives a shit about some insurance salesman because he inherited robes? Like, why should we give a shit about that guy? The flip side of that is I am a monarchist. I love having nice things. And the nicest thing you can have is royalty. And so I will always say that we should have, um, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess not necessarily a monarchy, but but, a a tie to monarchs. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you still want to respect them. 
Yeah, I, I still like having royalty in Canada. I do. I'm a fan of it. I think it gives you something a little deeper than a presidency. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can have a shitty ruler. Like, we're we're lucky in this era that we have Queen Elizabeth. Like, she's fucking awesome. She's sure people have have criticized her for not saying enough or the right thing, but there's. I don't even know if there is any criticisms of her saying something fucking asinine or ludicrous. Um, like she's pretty rock steady. This is a person that grew up when the greatest form of transportation on the planet was a horse. And by the time she dies, you know, there's cell phones, internet, space travel, like you name it. Like this is a person who's been through the most change in the world and been on top of it for a long time. Shout out to the crown. If you want to understand how even keeled she is, you really see it in that series. Yeah, and you see the unhealthy parts of it too, but for yep. the most part I respect it. Like I respect her even keel. Her even keel mentality is is something that's been stable in the world for almost 100 years. You know that she still has a husband? Yeah, and he looks like a skeleton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see the pictures? I was just going to say Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor. <laughs> they were talking about her husband on the radio and like her husband is Prince somebody Philip. somebody Prince Philip. And it's Prince like, of Greece. I just always imagined her as like a widowed old queen. No. Like who ever hears about the the cuz he's not a king, he's just a prince. So who ever hears about him. That's scandal. actually touched upon in the crown and his mm-hmm. he he goes from being like a, a fairly important person to having to take a back seat in a lot of things. It's ac- that's actually a pretty interesting topic yeah. and you can you can watch that in the crown. And now, if you want a funny Google, just Google a photo of him because he looks like a fucking ghoul. He well, looks I was like gonna say Skeletor. The guy, the guy in Indiana Jones and the Temple or the the Lost Ark or whatever. Yeah, and or the Holy Grail. The guy who drinks the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. and tr- and like his his skin all starts falling he off. Melts into a zombie. He, yeah, he's somewhere like from <laughs> being alive to being a skeleton. It's Prince like a Philip is. Is about a half a millisecond before he's a skeleton. If you pause it there, that's Prince Philip. And what's funny is to see, like, if you watch The Crown, I love The Crown. So whenever The Crown debuts a new season, we order nothing but Indian food because that's like chicken tikka masala is like the national dish of England. So we order that in, and then we have nothing but British beer and wine in the house. <laughs> and we have a watch party when it launches because, you know, as good subjects of The Crown here in Canada. And but you watch him in that first season, and you see how vibrant he was as as an individual, and how much he had to. He was a naval officer, and like everybody thought that his father in law was going to rule for another forty years, but he smoked like a chimney. I don't know why nobody caught that. (laughs) Then he got lung cancer, shocker, you know. And but what was funny is like he went from being this playboy living in the Mediterranean naval captain to like oh I'll just sit here. Well, my wife waves. Sadly, well, I'm not yeah. allowed to fly airplanes or talk to anybody. And like, <laughs> that's a if you couch it in that, like, it's so interesting to see his struggle as the queen consort, like trying to be a man, and then but you're paying playing second fiddle to the most powerful woman in the Church of England and the government of England. Yeah, and she's not all that forgiving. Like her awkward personality, oh. definitely. They, yeah, that that is. I I like that too. I like that dynamic. Mm. So. Uh, I don't know this. Maybe you can answer this. Did they get married before she was queen and before she knew that she was going to be queen? So there was a very awkward 
there. So I'm going to go out on a limb and give my version of how I see this happen. Someone in England is probably screaming at their earphones right now. Could not give a shit. Yeah. Don't think we have any subscribers from England. Anyways, there's somebody somewhere screaming at this. But basically, her. So if you want to know who her dad was, watch The King's Speech. Oh, that, with that very good movie. Yeah. So that yeah. was her dad. He had a very he had a very very big speech impediment. His Playboy brother, who was a Nazi Nazi sympathizer, abdicated the throne to marry marry an American uh, div- divorcee. Probably a harlot. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna. That's a hot take on my part right there. <clears throat> but uh, that's how it kind of all happened. She was never supposed to be in line for the the throne. Oh, okay. Her uncle was the, in line for the throne, assumed the throne, abdicated the throne to marry some hot floozy from America, and because they the Church of Eng- the head of the Church of England couldn't be married to a divorcee, they wouldn't be right. So they said, "You have to make your choice." So he goes, "Fine, fuck the crown, gotta marry this woman." And it was like uh, I'm trying to think of this other. So that's a segue, um, but basically. Her father was never supposed to be king. And when her uncle abdicated, her her father became king and he was like, What the hell? And it was during the war. Like it was a whole it was a whole thing. Her brother was a Nazi or her uncle was a Nazi sympathizer, was feeding intel to the Nazis. It's not I'm not crazy here. No, that's that's all that's all that's history. That's all legit. Yeah. And so she started her life just being aristocracy, right? And she finished her life as the longest reigning monarch now in English history, longer than Queen Victoria. And she should have never been queen if her uncle hadn't had the hots for an American divorcee. That's an incredible story. Uh, I Okay, so we weren't really planning on talking about The Crown, but I do recommend it. I would, I would watch it. It's on Netflix. And I think there's four seasons now or three seasons? Three seasons. Okay. I think three. Uh, I'll invite you for the Tiki Masala party. There we go. Uh, Elliot, do we have any emails? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we had one email. I'll read I'll read. I'll pull it up. Okay, pull up the email. While we're doing that, um, we have a, a, a whiskey that we're going to try here <laughs> it's something we have tried on the podcast before are we trying this or is this yeah 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 okay okay so we have the travel size version here yeah, i can read an email while they and, get glasses and uh, okay yeah, yeah let's see the email hey boys loves the show just have a question for you why do, why <laughs> why does noah only talk about shitting Okay, dear hillbilly chick, hillbilly chick. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 the name of the person. Yeah. That's Wonder awesome. if it's fucking Terry's wife. <laughs> is, is that the email address name, or is that the actual person? No, she signed what, it. She email. signed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Tin Hat Timmy's gonna track you down, hillbilly chick. So okay, <laughs> I'm gonna answer that question. Yeah. Uh, by simply, it, this is just a very easy question to answer. Shitting is the most pleasurable part of the day. It's it's the only part of the day where you truly have nobody's bothering you. If they do, you can ignore them. You can tell them to go fuck themselves because you're taking a shit. Um, also, if you're a person out there who's a shit heckler, 
Like when someone's trying to take a shit and you're annoying them, you should fuck off. Fuck you if you're a shit heckler. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a great feeling. Uh, Playboy magazine actually did a poll in the '90s between men of what's the most pleasurable time of your of your day, and they assumed everyone was going to say sex. And overwhelmingly, it was without. And this was there wasn't pre filled out answers. This was just you write in whatever you think. Overwhelmingly, it was taking a shit. Huh. Overwhelmingly, I want caveat, though, men said that. That statistic, because I think most of the guys that take the time to write into Playboy probably aren't getting laid. No, but they are taking shits. Yeah, they are taking shits. I'm just, <laughs> I want to I want to do a control group on that. They're probably not getting laid on the right I mean, there. I'm going to go even further. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Let's say you're not getting laid. Okay, that sucks. However, it's not going to kill you. Let's no. say you can't take a shit. Well, that sucks too. And it will fucking kill you. It's just a matter of time. You have to take a shit. You have that to go to the true. doctor then and they have to clear you out. So I just love shitting. And on that topic, we're going to talk about an invention. Something that is not commonly found on this side of the ocean. But in the rest of the world, this is a very common thing. And that is the bidet. So love what it. is a bidet? Go ahead. Everybody looks at me. So the I bidet, don't have a bidet. I've, I've never even used a I've bidet. I've never used me a bidet. Either. You're all coming I, over to my I've house. I've used a bidet in Europe, but never here. So did you use the one that was on porcelain? The one I used was like a separate thing. Yeah, it was a separate thing, not a water fountain like most Americans think. It, was, it looked like a water fountain, <laughs> it but it's not a water fountain. So, don't drink out Don't of it. drink from that. <laughs> I'm terrified I'd get hard. Dude. Because <laughs> it shoots you in the asshole? Yeah. Or? Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that from you? Boat. You didn't even put your. You didn't even get to the knuckle when you were fingering your bum hole that one time. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Remember when you called in that one time and we we're like, oh, are you fingering your asshole in the. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not fucking sticking a finger up there. I don't want water jets shooting in the. No, I don't know. It's, it, honestly, like, I got to tell you. Okay. So I own one and hold on. I, let's go back. Let's, let's start from, from scratch. So when did you get your bidet? So I've wanted one for years since I lived in Europe in my household. It was one of those persona non grata things. I'm like, Hey, we should get a bidet. No, we have toilet paper. It's fine. Okay, fine. No big deal. Well, when the whole, uh, run on the toilet paper stockade happened, which I don't know why, but and because some people are going to listen to this from years from now and they, they don't understand. Yeah. So we're in the middle of a right now. If, if you a listen situation. to this 25 years from now, we're in the middle of COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And there was a time and a place. And if I'm explaining this to you and you're listening to this this week, you're going to think I sound like a fucking idiot explaining the obvious. But there was a time when this first started <clears throat> that there was no fucking toilet paper anywhere. And if you could find it, it was the biggest deal and a lot of people ran out. So there was yeah. a toilet paper yeah. shortage. It was like Mad come. Max for water, basically. Yeah. But for toilet paper. But for toilet paper. People were battling at Costco, pushing each other over. It was mental. And so my wife was explaining to me what was happening. I said, well, then I'm ordering a bidet. And she goes, fine. Only you're going to use it. And I was like, I don't care. I've wanted one for years. So shout out to Tushy. Maybe they can sponsor this. I don't know. Mm. But uh, I ordered one. And little snafu on the first order. They made it right. Good customer service. And uh, it is amazing. <laughs> I used three pieces of toilet paper 
per dump. <laughs> and that's only to dry your asshole. To dry my asshole. Do you not <laughs> find that the toilet paper breaks off and gets like little toilet paper dingleberries in well, your asshole here? Are you hair? wiping or patting? Oh, you're padding. You got to pat it. Old Paddington that's Bear. That's how lightly you are on the toilet paper. Because 100% all the poo is gone. Oh, yeah. Now, it does depend on how much hair you have on the ball field. So, <laughs> what kind mean, of, how, what how kind tall of, the grass is on the field. If, if the grass is tall on the pitch, I mean, if you're pulling peanut butter through shag carpet, it's going to be a longer <laughs> rinse than, than, <laughs> than a little tie boy, you know? <laughs> what uh, What's going on with the water pressure? We talking light, light breeze or are we talking You can adjust it, actually. Force? So, if you're looking for the full knuckle, like somebody here, then you can get the full knuckle. Elliot, voice of the knuckler. <laughs> if you want the full knuckle, you can get it. If you want the light breeze, you can get the light breeze. I will tell you if What's I'm better. Well, it depends on your hair level, but I can tell you like enough pressure. You got to learn to work it. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's kind of like washing your car, right? You know the areas that need more water than others. And then sometimes everybody scrolls Facebook on the can, right? So if you know you need a good 30 second wash, that's when you. All right, I'm about 30 seconds from logging off of Facebook here, so. That's not the only log that's coming off. Uh, <laughs> what about spray pattern options? So my the one that I have, it's a Tushy. There's way higher end models that cost hundreds of dollars. Shout out to the BB600 that I one day will own. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can adjust the nozzle angle. And then I kind of do an... Uh, a, a modification so i i move myself around and i change the angle so i kind of get a 360 rotation going so you you have to rotate on this thing or move around have you ever heard of one that's like an automatic car wash you oh, yeah. pull in it it moves for you that would be the bb600 oh that's that's full <laughs> like it, it moves around like it covers the whole that thing <clears throat> will clean you out and give you the wax and a hot air dry nice <laughs> nice hot air dry i like that you Is get it- the, you get the unicorn come i love the unicorn come when you go in the water, in the car wash the and they spray the oh. multicolored oh, yeah. jizz all over your car. <laughs> I that really fits. I've never cum. heard it called that before, but that fits so well. Yeah. It's like Steven Universe just came through and just <laughs> on your car. Great fucking reference. Great fucking reference. My kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you were to, on a scale of, if okay, let's say a guy had, well, first of all, how much is a Toshi? So I'm not going to... Sp- Speak uh, out of turn here, but I think just rough, rough shot. If you had 150 bucks, you could get a tushy. Okay, so if a guy had 150 bucks burning in a hole in his pocket, he owned his own house, had no goals or ambitions with that 150 dollars <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, one being who the oh. fuck cares, ten being 100 percent. Where are you going to rate getting a bidet? All right, so if it's summer months, I'm going to rate the cold water model at an eight. Because nothing's better than getting the hot sweat off your ass if you're a tradesman. <clears throat> or swass. Swass. Monkey butt, as some like to call yep. it. Uh, better than throwing a little gold bond down there. And what? Then, That's better than the gold bond better move? Better than the gold bond. And I use plenty in South Carolina in basic training. Oh, I love the gold bond move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the winter, I, so I would say, so in the summer, get the cold water model. It's 8 out of 10. In the winter... Get the hot water model. It's probably seven out of ten. Haven't installed it yet, but I will when the water turns. So there you go. Okay, so that's a high rating. Not so, necessarily a must do, but definitely a can do. 
We'll Shout out to Tushy for a sponsorship on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. How you, how do you rate a bidet on the barometer? Did we explain to the barometer to you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm well okay, versed in okay, the barometer. Okay, so, so rate it on the barometer. Oh, you, you don't even... Sometimes I drink on my bidet just for enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, got, I got that's a line for me. I can't cross. Actually, I just did that tonight. <laughs> I had a vodka soda sitting on my bidet tonight while taking a shit. Ba- bathroom or, or shitting and food, shitting things coming out and things going Wait, in. You don't drink a- while you shit? No, never. I'll drink in the I'll drink in the shower, hundred percent. Yeah, you want shower beers are great. No, oh, I drink while there, I there's shit. There's poo the in there. There's poop in there. You're not this, grabbing it with your this hands. Is, this <laughs> is the guy that called his girlfriend crying because he had poo on his sock. Oh, on his no, leg. it touched my leg. Uh, on his a leg. Poo, it was That's why you need a bidet because you never have to touch your asshole again if you get a bidet. That's I'm afraid. I'm afraid of. No, I guess the the, I, no clogging the toilet. That's true. That's I, I always clog the toilet. I have monster shit. So uh. I break the. I break water all the time. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm afraid of sitting on a bidet and then. All of a sudden, there's like just water running down my leg. Like, how much water is it? Because it's not like, a I'm, fucking garden hose. I'm, yeah. I'm only picturing a garden it's hose. It's a pencil stream. So I can speak for the tushy. It's a pencil stream. Are we talking water fountain? Um, you're talking. Uh, how would I put this? Not like pressure washer. No, it's not a pressure washer. Good lord. Oh, <laughs> but it's the thickness of a pencil. Is the water stream? It's the thickness the of probably a sharpie hitting you in the b hole. <laughs> so, and it's I mean, you could be like a surprise the first time. Like, holy cow! Sure, if, if my legs have it all, well, like you have no, no, that's not gonna. Like, you're not gonna get wet legs running down my. No, leg. that's not gonna happen. Now, you're gonna get like the pad in the dry. Neck. If you stand up, you might get a little bit of a wet drawer. You know, if you're into that thing, but but if you do the pat dry, you're fine. Huh. There we go. Okay, there you go. So, what was the name of our email person? Uh, Hillbilly chick. Hillbilly chick. I hope that answered your question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your your finalize the answer to your question with the statement: You should always talk about shit because you have no idea what beautiful conversation might come from it. Hashtag today for life. There you go. Hey, should, shit uh, happens. All right, here we go. We're gonna do our whiskey review. I already drank mine because it was getting. I was here. burning a hole in my pocket. We're, Wait, we're gonna go. do. We're gonna do two. Uh, it, it's almost. Uh, it's gonna kill. We're gonna, so it's it's the classic whiskey of the military. We're, we're gonna do two whiskey reviews. One we have. One we don't. Tin Hat Timmy's gonna lead us in these, and the the, the second one is the one we talked about. The special. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. let's yeah. start, start okay. off with So the first one. one is the classic number seven Jack Daniels, but I bought the travel size. <laughs> you know, that's the kind that you can stuff in the front of your pants at the airport security, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> no story that attached. That sounds there. like experience to me. Anyways, uh, so funny story. So if you get the, the, the classic number seven Jack Daniels, can you? Why is it number seven? I've seen that over and over. And over I again. have folklore and there's ter- a, there's tertiary a, stories. There's only folklore. There's, so what I've heard, and even from people in Tennessee, is that Jack Daniels had multiple recipes, and the number seven was the most popular, and that's the one he went with. Uh, that's the most plausible. Occam's Razor, um, and. The funny thing about Jack Daniels is they're iconic. So when I lived in Europe, Germans absolutely went gaga over Jack Daniels bourbon whiskey. 
we would buy it at dirt cheap prices on base, and then we would show up to a German party because they were paying thirty nine forty euros a bottle, not this size bottle, but the actual you know seven fifty milliliters. They were paying big money. Germans love Jack Daniel's whiskey. Totally blew me away. And I don't know if it's because they think it's Americanish or whatever, but uh, it's got a good taste. It's it iconic. does. It's Jack it's like fucking Daniel. banana bread in a bottle. Yeah, it's, it's way it's sweeter delicious. than I ever thought it, it was going to yeah. be. And, and that's the biggest thing between Jack Daniels and Jim Bean. They're both bourbons, but Jack Daniels has uh, this. Uh, that's a Tennessee whiskey. That is not a bourbon. It is. Yes, but people from there talk about them the same. Oh, okay. They, this is not a bourbon. It is a whiskey. But something about Jack Daniels, they've made some sort of brand that's just iconic, right? Like, it's one of those things that's kind of like Smirnoff and vodka. It's America. It is. It's America in a bottle, in a square yeah. bottle. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've been to the Jack Distillery in Tennessee, and it's fucking beautiful there. And one of the, like, one of the things you realize when you go there is this isn't some massive conglomerate pouring booze out, like... This is a group of hardworking people that love what they make. Um, you know, the flavor goes with the countryside. Like, it's beautiful place, beautiful people. The funny thing is, the distillery is in a dry county. Yes. And across the road from it, which the road is, uh, uh, right by it is the county line. On the other side of the road is the biggest liquor store I ever did see. And <laughs> I ever did. It's like, is this a good idea to have a dry county when but everyone just crosses the road? The or? weird thing is, in a dry county, you can still drink, which I don't get that law. Mm, yes no. and no. So I remember when I was in Dothan, Alabama, I went into a pizza place on a Sunday and I was like, yeah, let me get uh, you know, a little bit of this pepperoni pizza and I'll get this uh, whatever beer. And they're like, oh, sorry. Can't have a beer. I'm like, excuse me. Last time I checked, I can have a beer. I'm of age. And they're like, oh, no, it's a dry county. And the people that are with had been there before. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can't drink here on a Sunday. I was like, I'm sorry, what? All the taps had padlocks on them. What? Okay, yeah. so, so I was in a city that was not, it was not on a Sunday then. It, when I was so, drinking in a dry county. Dry counties are the most unique experiences ever. You want to talk about people that know how to game the system? We were in a county that was not dry, and we were going to Costco, and people were like, hey, you got a Costco card? We're like, yeah. They're like, buy us six gallons of whiskey. We're like, what? They're like, we'll pay you 20% more. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then you look at their, their plates, and, and in the United States, a lot of times the county is designated on the license plate, and you're like, oh, you're in a dry county. Okay. You know, like you can't buy like that still exists to this day. Like Pennsylvania, weird state. They don't have liquor stores. If you want a six pack of beer, you have to go to a bar and buy it at the bar to take home. At bar huh. prices. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I was on base. And so guys would, would, if they had a military ID, would buy, they would buy cases of beer on base because we didn't pay taxes because it's federal, right? And it circumvented all the state liquor laws. So we're, they are buying bottles of Jack, bottles of beer. Like, is, it, is that how, uh, like, in dry counties, you're, the only place you can get a drink is usually at, like, the Legion or, like, the... 
So the nobody fucks with the Legion. Yeah. Like that's kind of how that works. Uh nobody fucks with the Legion because in the Legion, all those guys have served time overseas. Yeah. So there's not a cop or county sheriff or ATF, you know, ATF is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. There's not a guy in that bureau that's going to fuck with a veteran. Yeah. Because those guys are just drinking their problems away, you know? And And they fucking earned it. Well, yeah, you know, but liquor laws are weird in the States. Like, for example, Jack Daniels Distillery, they're in a dry county making whiskey to ship worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. But you have to buy it in the gift shop across the street. Yeah, they they won't serve you at the end. They give you lemonade. Yeah, which is hilarious. Because I was in Fort Worth, Dallas, and that's a dry county. No, it's not a dry county at all. Because that's what they I, were I got, saying. I was definitely hammered in Fort Worth. Because <laughs> every place I went to, I had to sign up. So and Fort Worth a member. is a semi-dry county. There's certain What's a, t- a semi-dry county okay. days. There are certain days you can't drink because this was like a tuesday evening and we're going out on the bar and i had to sign up and be like become a member of their club oh, to go in there and okay, drink okay that's what's different that? what's the deal with that so that's called social club drinking where you have to be a member this happens a lot in dry counties where you're a member of a club and what happens in the club stays in the club usually like not to be crass but that usually is strip clubs where i wasn't in a strip club <laughs> i know but i'm just saying like <laughs> Like normally, because you're a member. That's right, of, Kate. He was not in a strip club. Like and I, I wasn't. Was, I was with just to clarify to my wife, I was not either. I just understand the the logistics of this maneuver. So, <laughs> <laughs> in those counties, the way they circumvent the law on certain times, they can't. Certain days and nights of the week, times, whatever, they can't serve liquor. Clubs, though, it's a private club. The government can't interject. So it could be a cigar club, a stamp club, a whatever club. Most of the time, it's a whiskey club or a strip club. And you sign up for a membership, and that's your cover charge, right? So you pay a cover charge, and you're now a member of the club. And then you can drink your night away because you're a member of the private club. The state law has no effect on that because you're in the private club. They give you a little membership card, too. No, I just had to give them an email address and a phone number. Yeah, that's yeah. We ha- we had to do that when I was <laughs> in um, uh, Moscow, Idaho, to go into a hookah lounge. You had to become a member, which was free. See, that's the and most- then and then you and then now you sign a thing saying, "I'm cool with inhaling smoke. I'm not going to sue you if I get cancer." That's the most pleasing thing to my libertarian heart. Guys, that found a way around the system. Yeah, I love it. I actually love it too. Well, okay, what, so what, let's what review this, this, Jack. Yeah, do, yeah. We, do we love this? Uh, I think Jack is a one beer on the barometer. It's mm. it's easy on the palate. It has a beautiful banana taste. Oh yeah. Um, what 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 makes uh, uh, or what one of the parts that makes something a Tennessee whiskey is mellowing it through charcoal. So Jack Daniels actually has these giant vats of charcoal. They're huge. Uh, and like silos almost full of charcoal and it's all um sugar wood that they burn out front of their property turn it into charcoal they fill these giant vats and they drip it down and they figure uh oh i can't remember what it is it's a long time like one drop takes like a week or a month or something to get to the bottom so by the time it gets down there that's what gives it its darker color 
but that's also what makes it mellow, why it doesn't yeah. burn. Because so, some bourbons really burn. This Jack doesn't. It's a no. really unique whiskey. Yeah. Because it must mix. It mixes well with like into tons of different Coke, Sprite, into, apple juice. Oh, yeah. Well, like Jack and Coke is probably one of the most made breakfast mi- cereal mi- mixed drinks ever. Well, we used to put a straw in it in the military. So seven, I mean, seven and seven. <laughs> There's seven so many seven. drinks with. Yeah. There you go. Well, that was more of a Seagram's seven and seven. Yeah, but, yeah. You could do a Jack and so the next the next whiskey we're gonna review we don't have, but we're gonna. Talk, I'm gonna bring a bottle back if I can get my buddies to give me a bottle of this. So hey, you, that's an interesting topic though. If anyone wants to send us the worst possible alcohols, we'll or, try them or the best. Or the best, yeah. Label I, it as I would rather have people. Gift. You know, if you if you have, you know, something local, especially if you're in the states, because it's really hard for us in Canada to get the small town bourbon. Small caveat: label it as a promotional gift on the customs form. There we go. There you go. If you want to send us something, uh, we would love to mention you by name on the podcast. If you want, uh, yeah, just send th- us an email, and we will test your your uh your local and we would love that um the next one we're going to talk about so there is a theme to this which you need to give us a story uh between jack and this other brand and kind of how they play into the military all right so jack was always kind of the high-end whiskey yeah gentleman jack's out there and there's high-end whiskey and if you have a cultured palate when you're sitting around with cultured people you would drink cultured whiskey Right. But I think a lot of the time when you are partying on a Friday night, if you had cash in the bank, you would buy Jack Daniels. If you didn't have cash in the bank, you would buy this thing called Military Special. And if you are listening from a U.S. military installation, you need to stop the podcast right now and walk over to the Class Six and buy us a bottle of Military Special whiskey. All right. (laughs) Because. I was trying to explain how military special is one of those unique experiences. It's kind of like ayahuasca. Like you got to be in the right set and setting because paying seven ninety nine for a liter of whiskey is just unique. You know, <laughs> you get this bottle that's made of plastic, not glass, because it's got a screw top on the bottle <clears throat> with a handle and. <laughs> It just—it's got tanks on the front and for, t- for taking it on the road. That's right. Well, for whatever you got to do, and like <laughs> often it was the gin and the vodka was made in jungle juice. You know, you make a giant vat of jungle juice, vodka, gin, orange juice, whatever, and it did the job. It's not the kind of whiskey or spirit. So they had vodka, gin, rum, bourbon, and I think they had a separate like whiskey. Don't hold me to that though, because it was seven ninety nine a liter. So who knows what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do know when you only had ten bucks in your pocket, it got the job done. You know, and uh, it's rough. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's rough. It's kind of like going down the number one highway versus driving over a backwards forestry road. <laughs> what do Americans call a liter? A quart? I think it was a liter. It might have been a, just a seven fifty. It might have just been like the handle, but like so, if you're buying this in the would America, you, would you call it a liter? Would you call it a quarter? No, so we call it so the way I called it. Be a we two just six. It, no, we call it a bottle. So a seven fifty milliliter bottle of liquor is a two six, right? Was a bottle because that's ounces. Oh. We just called it a bottle. Oh, okay. 
But to answer your question, yes, a quart is almost the same thing as liter. Yes. Uh, but if we said get a bottle of Jack, you would get the 750 milliliter bottle of yeah. Jack. And then if you wanted to supersize me, you get the I'm a king bottle. I'm a king. What's the old, Noah's bottles called? The old three, three, three liter. Yeah. Yeah. The old, the three old liter. Wolf of Wall Street bottle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. You know what? If uh, email us, it's the boys at bluecollarmoviereviews.com. Uh, we would love to try anything that anyone wants to send us and we'll give you a review uh, yeah. on the podcast. And I want to stay, you know, send us something half decent, you know, do us a favor because yeah, there's, there's enough the shitty booze in Canada. Yeah. We can source our own shitty booze, but you know Teachers? what? If it if yeah, it's like not oh, teaching as much. If, if it's like your that. home stuff, like whatever, even from different countries, you know, if you're from India or if you're from from France or whatever, just you know, if, if you're you got in a, Germany, send schnapps. Yeah, send us schnapps. If you're from France, send us your local wine, whatever. Uh, okay, we're gonna move on. Uh, Josh, you wanted to bring some up. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just uh, looking here, and we've got uh, this this uh, interesting. Piece of memorabilia. Piece of memorabilia sitting on the table. Looks like a a, a really really fancy. It's hat. my Call of Duty starter pack. Oh, want to explain that? Just just a starter pack. It's like a nothing starter much. pack. So when you prestige a couple times on Xbox, you know, no big deal. You get a helmet. They send you that. Fuck, yeah. I haven't got that far. Well, see, you got to level up your game. Not ignore your wife. Play a little bit more video games. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my combat helmet from Afghanistan. Uh, one of my two, and I brought it as I. You know, it's funny. Like we we're going to talk about military movies tonight, and we kind of segued, and I love that. Well, we're still going to hit that up. We're going to hit that up. Yeah, should probably text the wife. But uh, I think we'll do that in the next one. We could. But I brought some memorabilia tonight, so I brought my combat helmet from Afghanistan. So, so okay, I'll tell you what we'll we'll finish this one with that, and let's start another one here. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, uh, I'm No Name Noah. I'm I'm stupid idiot <laughs> Josh. This is a dumb moron. Josh is literally piss, is pissing, out, the pissing the out a window I'm right a, now. I'm a bitch. Nobody respects me. I have I have a tiny penis. Fuck you! I was pissing you, fucker! I didn't know we were ending this! Josh. This is 90s Josh. Elliot, voice of the hipster. Track stuff, Aaron. How's it doing? Tin hat. Timmy. Alright, guys. Have yourself a fucking great week, fuckers. Fuck off. I can stay out later. Aaron was at a strip club. You were definitely in a southern state strip club. I know the first Your, your excuse of club. I was with my work I, friends, I was oh, like, that holds no weight. Aaron was in a strip club. You were in a strip club. I know for a fact you were in a fucking strip club. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been in Fort Worth. <laughs> 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 All right. I'm going to call it. I'm going to tell the wife.